why you are not in the room, and how to get there. It is the age-old question, the perplexing problem school communicators across the country have had for years. How do I get a seat at the table? How do I get in the room, on cabinet, on the executive team? Well, warning, what you're about to hear, you may not like, but you may need to hear it. Big discussion coming up on how to get in the room and why you're not there yet. Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom professional quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it. Now, back to the podcast. Advocating for public education, sharing our stories, and celebrating our schools, students, teachers, and staff. From crisis communications to media relations, social media, and everything in between, we're here to give you the best strategies, tools, and techniques to help educators help our kids. Welcome to the School PR Podcast, brought to you by Blackboard, School Shine, and Market Bolt. Here's your host, Ryan Ferran. Well, we've been talking about this for years. Why are we not in the room? So many conferences, so many text threads, so many phone calls with our colleagues, friends, spouses about, I need to be in the room. I need to be closer to the superintendent, on cabinet, on that executive team, and it's going to help my job make me understand things, and this will help the district if I'm in the room. Look, there's a lot of things to discuss about this. It's not an easy topic. It's a little bit, I wouldn't say controversial, but it's something that school public relations folks have struggled with for years. And I don't know that there's an exact clear answers, but on this podcast today, I want to provide the other side and perspective of why people may not be in the room, how to get in the room, 
and discuss some of those things, what you can do and what perspective you may need to bring to open the door to that room, pull out that seat at the table where you want to be. And it does make your job a lot easier. And that's one of the reasons why everyone wants to be in the room, on cabinet, on the executive team, whatever your district may call it, upper level management, where you're a part of the discussion. You're not told after the discussion what to put out, what to write. Here's what we're doing. And we all know the reasons why it is beneficial to be in the room, be a part of the discussion. If you're a good communications person and you're really next level and and you're doing your job and you're right hand man or woman to your superintendent and cabinet, you let them know of the potential pitfalls before they happen. You're putting out fires that don't exist yet. That's such a value. So when the communication goes out, you don't need to respond to anything. Do a little work up front to avoid a ton of work on the back end. You foreshadow what will happen if it goes out like this. You have the sense and the well-being to know we can't phrase it like this. This is not a good approach. Let's do this. So being in the room, we know the importance of it. It helps us so much. We understand the background, the history, and we have more of an understanding. So we understand that part. And hopefully superintendents do. And that's what we can explain to them why, when we're making the argument, I want to be in the room, I want to be on cabinet, make me a part of your team. So you need to understand that well to communicate that to your superintendent, him or her, and let them know this will make my job much easier and I can communicate your thoughts, your philosophy, your strategy much more effectively. But there's another side to that. And I I understand totally both sides, but I want to play the perspective of the superintendent who may not be able to say this or hasn't said this or we're not understanding it or it's kind of an underlying truth that is out there but maybe not communicated so well. And again, we've been talking about this for years in school PR. It's one of the biggest things that people struggle with. They're frustrated with. I want in the room. Why am I not there? Why is there not trust? How do I get in there? One of the things right away is we need to understand that school PR folks for the large part are the outsiders in the education system. A lot of us, probably you listening to this podcast, maybe you came from journalism. So many of us have. We came from the private sector. So we don't have a ton of experience in education. So we're definitely the outsiders and we're kind of demanding to be in the room right away. And if you think about that from a logical perspective, it doesn't really make that much sense. Think about the superintendent's perspective. They've been in education for decades, decades and decades, years and years. They've gone to school, master's degree, teaching credentials, PhDs, EDDs, doctorates, you name it. They've done it. They've 
worked up the ranks for years, and then they're going to let some outsider in. You can understand the hesitancy of that. So to assume that you should be allowed in the room from day one for people that have been working in education in school districts for decades, that includes your superintendent, the assistant superintendents, a lot of times the directors that are on cabinet, they spent a lifetime in this. For a lot of the folks in PR, and not everybody, but a lot, we're new. This is new to us. This is a new game. Why should we be trusted? We shouldn't. We really need to stop with the perspective and the mindset that we belong in the room. We're not entitled to the room. You need to earn it. It needs to be earned. It's not entitled. And I think that's the step number one to understanding it. These folks have been doing this for years. We are the outsiders. So you need to prove yourself. It's simple as that. One of my recent discussions about this, I'm thinking about a conference in particular. This question came up again, as it always does. You know, how do I get in the room? How do I prove myself? And to be honest, it's really not a school PR question. You're just asking, essentially, how do I get promoted? And this goes in the world of finance, real estate, marketing, whatever it is. It's not a a school PR problem. You're looking to get promoted, to move up, to be in the executive suite, and you're asking how to do it. So this is not a problem or an issue that is isolated to school public relations. This is a how do I get promoted and trusted issue and question. And how you do that is you earn it. You work overtime. Look, the room is not nine to five. The superintendents, the assistant superintendents, the directors, it's not a nine to five checking off. So, and we all know in school PR, that's expected. If you don't think it, you're going to work nights and weekends, school PR is not for you. And I get it. We're all overworked, but working nights and weekends should be expected. It's part of the field. Crises don't, you know, unfortunately they don't start and stop, you know, between nine and five, eight and six, whatever it is. We have board meetings, you know, we know how it is. But you have to have that willingness to go above and beyond. These folks have worked so hard to get in the room, to get their positions. They've earned it. They didn't start day one in the room either. So why are we expecting to walk into a job, walk into a school district and be on the room? Why is that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Superintendent didn't start day one in cabinet. Probably started he or she as a teacher an aide, work their way up to a counselor, assistant principal, maybe a principal, maybe a director, maybe assistant superintendent. It took them years to get in the room. So we got to understand that, that it's foreign for somebody in a school district to just start there, move to a district, move to a position and be on the highest level team making the biggest impactful decisions in the district. So that is one of my early points is, look, they've been doing it for years. You need to put in some time and prove it. 
What could stunning professional quality videos do for your school district's PR and communications? Find out how School Shine's professional video team can partner with your district at schoolshine.org. This podcast is also brought to you by MarketVolt Email Newsletter Solutions, providing industry-leading email newsletter solutions that better connect over 800,000 parents, staff, and community members with their school districts. Learn more about MarketVolt at betterk12newsletter.com. Blackboard believes in the power of good communication in helping students succeed and is a proud sponsor of School PR with Ryan Ferran. Blackboard, education's partner in change. Now, back to the podcast. So how do you prove, how do you show your worth that you belong in the room? Again, this goes back to my earlier point about it's not really a school communications, PIO communications director issue. This is business. This is life. This is career. This is showing your value, showing trust, bringing unique creative ideas to the table, whether you're asked or not. So, for example, there's an issue, you know about it, bring some potential solutions, a storyboard, a drafted letter, a template of something that you could send out to help with this. You need to bring things to the table. You need to have the unique creative problem solving and prove yourself time and time again in that. You want to make it so they want you in the room, that they don't start the meeting without you. But you are not going to get that day one. That's you going above and beyond. That's you being a problem solver, being beyond creative, and willing to work the extra times, writing three drafts of that letter that may go out. Here's possibility one, scenario two, and scenario three. I've worked through them all. This is what they look like. Here's several infographics on this that we can put out. We can use this data in this one, or we can exclude it in this one. What we want to highlight, what we don't want to highlight. You need to go above and beyond to prove yourself and to earn that trust. In addition to just being creative, smart, and doing your job and predicting what may happen, you need to be a trustworthy person. There's difficult conversations that happen in the room at that table that you want to be at. If you haven't been there yet, talk to your colleagues, they'll tell you. And you need to be trusted where if you disagree, they need to know you're not going to walk out of the room, walk down the hall and go to a colleague that's not in the room either and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe what they're thinking. They're going to totally blow this. You need to be trusted. So you need to have the wherewithal to be able to walk out of that room disagreeing 100% and keeping your mouth shut and trusting your superintendent who's been doing this for years. I've been in the room. I've disagreed. And I know that I need to be a part of the team, trust people that have been doing it longer, very likely smarter than me, and knowing that I need to just try and understand their perspective and trust them. 
I've disagreed with things. I've walked out of the room going, I can't, like, I don't understand that. I'm a little confused on this. I don't think that's the right direction. And I was wrong. So I'm glad I trusted their instincts, their judgment. And you have to do that at the beginning. Now, you may be in the room and be like, this is bad, bad idea after bad idea. And eventually, you know, you disagree and it's not going well. But that's, you know, after you have a seat at the table and you can have a conversation later on. But you need to be trusted. So you can't, you know, and, and a lot of these things are like their initial conversations, their initial ideas, and they're not solved yet. So you don't want to go out putting seeds out to the rest of the you know, friends you may have in the district and stuff like that, you need to be trusted. And I think that is earned, not entitled. So when there's difficult conversations, you may disagree. You just need to, you know, trust the higher ups and, you know, at least initially with their mindset and philosophy and know that they've been doing it. And that's one way to kind of earn your seat at the table, knowing you can go head to head and disagree, but at the end of the day, you're all going to leave the room on the same page, figure out how to get there, and figure out how to support each other. It's not always easy when you disagree, but you have to do that and be willing to do that to leave the room. One of my things, I feel like my superintendent really trusts me, and we disagree, and he's smart. I feel like I do a pretty good job and bring a a good mindset to my job and perspective, but we disagree. And as long as I get out what I want to say and he hears it, that's where I'm good. That's where you have to be able to leave it. You got your perspective in. They may or may not agree with it. But as long as you're willing to do that, you need to leave it. The other big point here is you need to be willing to do that. If your superintendent, your cabinet, hopefully they're secure, smart individuals, and hopefully they don't want yes men or yes women. If you find yourself having to be a yes man or yes woman, you're not doing your job. I struggle with this at times, to be honest, because <laughs> as you guys know, and probably 52 episodes in, I have an opinion. I have thoughts on things. I have philosophies. I've, I've thought a lot about <laughs> education, school communications, you know, the digital footprint. I've studied and I've researched it. I listen to a million podcasts. I've been in the rooms. And just my personality, I'm willing to give my opinion, do it respectfully, probably do wear my emotions on my sleeves. A little bit too much in our executive team and cabinet, but that's because we have such a good relationship. We can do that. But that's the other thing. You need to be willing to play contrarian, to play devil's advocate, to have the other side. And sometimes I find myself repeating like, look, I'm just playing the other side here, but here's what it is. You need to be willing to do that. And that is tough at times. But that's also how you will earn trust. If you're just there to say yes, 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 that may get you a couple good weeks, months. And who doesn't love somebody that's sitting there telling them, yes, your ideas are great. Yes. Oh my God, that sounds so good. But long-term, that's not going to work. And long-term, hopefully people in your cabinet, your superintendent, they don't want a yes man. If they do, 
that's that's another issue. That's another podcast for another day. But you need to be willing to share your thoughts and kind of take a risk. I remember one of my my first week on the job in my new district with the superintendent who hired me. I I had a an issue with something he did with a reporter and I felt that it hindered my job a lot, wasn't a great way to go about it. And I've shared this story at some public events uh, about it, but I, I was like, oh, I was sweating, sweating when I had to say this to him. And it wasn't comfortable, but I knew I had to do it for the success of my job and the district. And I was sure I was right, but I knew it went against the approach he had taken. But I said it anyway and was really 50-50 expecting either side of the coin. So it happened. Next day, I get called into the the superintendent's office. And I had no idea what to expect. I was there literally a week. And I was like, this could be one and I'm done. One week, I'm done. Didn't like what I had to say. Wasn't what they did. Went against it. I advised another approach, what needed to be done, in my opinion, and expressed it. Did it politely and explained why. That's the other thing. You can't just, (laughs) you know, shout out. You can't do that, blah, blah, blah. You need to do it professionally, politely. You obviously know that. And so I got called in, was nervous as could be. There was somebody leaving the office when I was walking in. That person asked, do you want me to leave the door open or shut? superintendent said, shut. And I said, oh, shoot, that's not good when they want the door shut. But I'll leave the superintendent's name out of this. Many people probably know who it is. I don't think he'd mind at all. Um, But he said, you know, I got to tell you about what you told me yesterday. That wasn't easy to hear, wasn't easy to take. And again, this was a long time ago, and I'm paraphrasing here. But then he said, I really respected you for doing that. I'm glad you did it and you were right to do it. And our relationship took off from there and it was amazing. And there were times I gave him advice and he didn't take it. And I respected that. And that's going to happen. And you need to be okay with that. But if you have thoughts, ideas, you need to do it. And again, I struggle with it because sometimes, you know, you need to, you do need to pick quote unquote your battles, um, make sure they're important, good ones, but you have to have the willingness to speak your mind and not be a yes person. That is how you get value. That's how you get trust. And that's how you get your seat at the table. Another aspect that we need to realize too as school communications folk. I talked about it early on that we're kind of the outsiders in the education system. Most of us are. We're journalists. We come from the private sector. So we're kind of outsiders. So with that realization and the fact that it's PR, which could have a negative connotation, people also make the stretch to its marketing. We're trying to sell something. PR, cover up. So you have to fight those mis- 
perceptions about what the role is. I remember when I first got to my district, people would kind of joke, you know, after meetings or during meetings, oh, don't say that around Ryan. He'll post it on social media. And I was always kind of like, haha, funny. And people were joking. But, you know, jokes are kind of funny because there's a little bit of element and truth in them or they wouldn't be funny, right? So I was kind of perplexed as to, you know, why would they say that? You know, I'm the storyteller. I put things out there, put everything out there. But I'm not the one putting the negatives out there. I'm putting the positives out there. And then you hear, so, so that was always kind of interesting. Like, oh, don't say that around Ryan. He'll tweet it. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not here to make you look bad. I'm here to make you look good. So if you say something a little bit, you know, foolish in a meeting or, you know, something you wouldn't want out there publicly joking around, whatever, without context, like I'm not going to do that to you, but there was always that joke and it was, and it was kind of persistent. I was a little bit, I laughed a little bit and then I was a little bit like, that's interesting. That does kind of bother me. Like hopefully, and I felt like there was a lack of trust there. Right. So you had to earn that. And the other thing that comes with PR is that we cover things up. We're spinsters. And that's something we need to just say out loud and and realize that, you know, that exists in the world. And there's, you know, types of PR or folks that will do like, you know, how do we spin this? How do we cover this up? And, and that perception's out there. But what most of you know listening to this is that the public information officer, the communications director, or the, the chief communications officer, whatever your title may be, we're usually the ones wanting to be more honest, more transparent. And if you're not, you should be. And here's why, and here's why I am. In most cases, the cover-up is way worse than the crime. You don't want to be explaining lies and how you spun something or you worded it weirdly to mislead people, you don't want to do that. It's way easier to be honest with people than to try and explain why you maybe misled them, why you weren't honest. So I'm actually the one in the room telling folks, convincing them, no, let's tell them more. Let's give them more details. Let's let's add this perspective. Let's Let's tell them this. I literally just had a conversation with a principal not too long ago, and they were great. They're like, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. You know, they didn't, there's always that perspective of like, I don't want to freak people out, right? Which is not trying to mislead, but you're not trying to like cause panic, cause this. And so we had a great conversation, but it came to, no, let's just tell them more. I think people understand we're in a pandemic. <laughs> you know, this is out there. This is nothing new to us. So let's give them more information than less without going into the whole nuts and bolts of the conversation. But that's what people don't understand at first. They think the PR person is trying to, you know, be less truthful, give less details. And I'm normally the one in the room most of the time saying, no, let's give more details. This way it makes all of our jobs way easier in the long run that we don't have to explain, well, why did you say it like that? Why did you leave that out? Let's be perfectly honest. And it is what it is. And so that's the mis 
perception that people don't know yet until they will work with a school communications person. Like I'm not here to cover anything up. I'm probably the other way and I need to earn your trust and vice versa because I want to give more details. But that's a misperception of public relations, communications, PR that we also need to overcome and realize. But once we realize that and can explain it to folks as to why you're doing it. So not only do you need to have the philosophy of that, but you need to explain it to your cabinet, to your superintendent, why you believe in this and why you believe in it is, you know, the reasons I just stated, it's going to be way easier for us. Let's be honest, transparent, and maybe a little bit rougher at the top, top end of this ordeal, however long this cycle lasts, but we're saving ourselves so much traction on the back end. And if, and as your superintendent, which they probably have, have been in one of these terrible ordeals, crises, whatever it may be, they'll probably go, oh, you know what, you're right. Because when I did this, and they can relate it. So not only having that philosophy, I think will earn you that trust, earn you the seat at the table, get you in the door, but it'll give you that trust, give you that value. And I think you'll find yourself proving yourself way faster with that philosophy. And so wrapping up this conversation, my thoughts on getting in the room, you know, there's also the perspective of what if I've done all the, these things that you said, Ryan, I've worked all the hours, I've gone above and beyond, I've had great strategies and, you know, my superintendent and I are just not seeing eye to eye. You know, maybe it comes down to fit. Maybe you've done everything you can. Maybe it comes down to fit and relationship. And we all know in the workplace, not every fit is great. And so maybe it's not something you're doing. Maybe it is that fit piece that we know is so important to great careers, great relationships, and a great work environment. Sometimes it is not ideal. You and whoever you're working with, more oil and water than you would like. And that that's tough. And that is that's not easy at all. Hopefully, I've given you some things to think about for the other perspective of the superintendent, what they're looking for, why they might not open the door right away, and some things that you can do to earn that trust, prove that you belong in the room. And once you're in there for maybe one meeting, one pandemic, one crisis, that they realize, let's not start this next meeting. Let's not start this next conversation without our PIO our chief communications officer, our communications specialist, whoever you may be. So those are some things that, you know, not always easy to hear, but I think will help you understand, hopefully, the other side of the coin from their perspective, because we all sit and we tell each other we're great, you deserve to be in there, but there's another side of that. And there's other people that are, you know, that have a district. Think about the responsibility of a superintendent. You know, they get hired and fired uh, a lot quicker than public information officers. And, you know, they make more money and all that, but it is stressful and our jobs are stressful. But, you know, the average lifespan of superintendent is 3.1 years. One of the data points off the top of my head, it's stressful for them. So to be in the inner circle, if you're there, congratulations. That's awesome. You've earned it. You did a great job. If you're not there, don't take it personal. Don't be so hard on yourself realize they have a perspective. They want you there. 
They just, you know, they put in a lifetime of getting to where they're at and they want trusted people in their circle. So it may take some time. Don't be deflated if you're not there right away, year one, year two. Keep proving yourself, earning it. Have some patience. Have open conversations with the superintendent, why you should be in there, how it's going to help you, how it's going to help them. And I think once you start building that relationship, giving that information, that background, you'll find yourself having a seat at the table, being in that room, and being a key, key valuable person in the district. Look, I hope that helps. If that was helpful for you, give this podcast a like, a comment, subscribe to us. We have 50 plus school communication episodes about public relations, communications, crisis communications. We have three parts on coronavirus communications already in the pandemic. I'm working on a part four for it. I have social media hacks a few episodes ago. That's really popular. Uh, One of my most popular ones ever. Some great, unique social media ideas. Facebook algorithm is terrible, folks. It is not helping us. Our pages are dwindling in reach. So that has some really good ideas. Um, We talk media relations, so much stuff. Uh, So if you're new to this podcast, uh, give it a like, subscribe. We appreciate it. And there's 50 more. (laughs) Or if you just need some help sleeping at night, uh, hopefully this helps. I'm Ryan Ferran. Thanks so much, guys. Keep up the great work. You've earned it. This pandemic has been amazing. I've seen so, so many great pieces of work, strategies and advice from school PR folks throughout the country. Just so impressed. Inspired by you guys. Hopefully um, we continue. Enjoy your holiday. And thank you guys so much for everything. And until next time, we will see you. Keep telling those positive stories in education for your school districts. Hi, this is Rob Wiltsey, founder of Schoolshine. We make custom, professional-quality videos for school districts. We want to make sure your district has the very best video content possible and the best content strategy so you can get the most out of your videos. So check out some samples at schoolshine.org and schedule a call with us today to learn how you can take your videos to the next level. That's schoolshine.org. Do you wish that creating and sending email newsletters took less time and effort? Would you like more parents to tune in and read your district's newsletter? If so, try MarketVolt, the email newsletter platform tailored for districts like yours. With MarketVolt, it's simple to create newsletters that parents will read. MarketVolt automatically customizes your newsletter to match each parent's interest. With MarketVolt, you can create better newsletters with less headache and less hassle. Visit betterk12newsletter.com to learn what MarketVolt can do for you. That's betterk12newsletter.com, powered by MarketVolt. Hey there, PR experts. Blackboard here. School PR is about telling the story of your students, your teachers, and your school community. From websites and mass notifications to mobile presence and classroom engagement, Blackboard has the tools that you need. And whether you're a one-person shop or part of a bigger communication team, we can help you reach more people more effectively in less time. Thank you for all the work you do in improving education and helping students succeed. And thanks for letting us be a part of it.